Hello, and welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of our organization, and I'd like to introduce a special guest with you today, Joanne Patti Munisteri. Joanne comes to us with a broad experience globally. Uh, she is currently the Director of Special English Language Initiatives for international campuses, Al-Quds University and American University of Central Asia. She is a graduate of Georgetown University. She's worked for the Peace Corps, uh, the Department of Defense, and she's been an English language specialist and an English language fellow in several different countries around the world. She has this extreme amount of experience which she wants to share with us today on our culturally responsive teaching topic. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you very much, Eileen. Very nice to be here. So nice to have you. Um, can you tell us what interested you in sharing your expertise in this topic, having such a background of experiences in different countries throughout the world? I think it's very important uh, in these days, especially where there's a lot of remote language teaching to uh, stress the importance of human interaction and intercultural adaptation for where people go to teach and even in their own countries to be aware of the different cultures, the different uh, backgrounds of their students and their faculty. Yes, I totally agree. That's fantastic. So what in specific like, has helped you be successfully when you teach in such a way that you're really culturally responsive to your audience of students, English language students in different countries throughout the world. What tips might you share with our listeners? There was a point with teacher training and it is still the case in many countries that when you teacher train, you're aware of your speech, especially for languages, your speech, your proxemics, the movements you have towards the students and that you listen more than you speak as much as possible in the beginning at least, so that you know the, the culture of your class and the culture of your community. I believe that in the teacher training aspect, even before you become a teacher, it's important to realize that you're modeling to your students. And so your pronunciation, the way you present yourself in a professional manner, even your posture, your breathing, your tone, your pace is extremely important so that students have a foundation that's excellent. Because if they learn well the first time, they won't have to amend bad habits uh, later on. So for me, knowing that about yourself and working on those as a teacher is vitally important. And knowing the specific challenges in regard to your communities, and that also means the native language, for example, uh, certain Arabic countries have uh, difficulty with B and P's. Many countries have a difficulty with the TH, the way English has the th sound. Some countries have difficulty with L's, with R's. And so if you're aware of that, you can emphasize that both in your modeling and in the kinds of exercises you use with the students. Great, yes, I totally agree. Um, another thing you and I have talked about is how important it is to be conscious, even in your own country, in your own context, of events influencing the learning environment. Would you mind sharing a little about that? Certainly. Um, 
especially in these past two years when the health situation and in many countries, the conflict level changes weekly, if not daily. As a teacher, well, even as just a member of the faculty or community, to be aware that there may be events on a national, but also a local level and also a personal level. For example, if there's a funeral and it's a large family or tribal area that will affect the atmosphere in the class. Conversely, if there's a joyous occasion or a feast, it's important to be aware of that. And it's a way to build rapport with your students and with your faculty. And uh, using the local music and rhythms of the music, of the language can help you with your students communicate in a way that's more humane and um, more fun most of the time for both. Definitely. And how about um, related to participating in students' lives and events outside of classroom? How would you respond to that in regards to being culturally responsive? I would say, and not everybody would maybe agree with me, but my my particular way of looking at it is as much as possible when I go to another place, and even when I'm in America, in different parts of America, if at all possible, I say yes to as many invitations as, pos as, as I'm given, especially at the beginning. So if I'm invited to a wedding or I'm invited to a big birthday party or a dancing celebration, or if I'm invited to judge on a panel for debate or a teacher exchange um, to help host a conference, for example, I will say yes. A lot of people will counsel you to say no, but I will say yes, um, because I think that's the way working together that you really build a rapport and experience of interacting and collaborating for something successful. I totally agree with you. I remember myself an experience I had when uh, one of our students was going back to her home country of Peru. She had been studying English in America and we had a farewell party for her at what well, she invited us to her home, the whole class. And it was such a meaningful time together that it really bonded us and developed our sense of community as a class because we all brought foods from our different countries and kind of had a potluck. But being outside the classroom and sharing those kind of experiences is really important as a teacher to engage in your culture, the cultures of your students. So I echo those sentiments. Great, what about um, being informed on current and local, national, international events that would be relevant for culturally responsive teaching? Um, I'm glad you asked that. And in many countries where the political situation is quite volatile. I've taught in Afghanistan, I've taught in Iraq, I've taught in Middle Eastern countries, Palestine, Israel area, in the Ukraine after Maidan. And so the situation was changing uh, very rapidly. And it was important to know that also for what's affecting your students and their communities, but they respect you more if you take an interest in what's happening in their country. And it will inform you as well in terms of the emotional climate, if you look at uh, the importance of the atmosphere in the classroom, if you know what they're talking about. And uh, certainly in Iraq and Kurdistan, when I was there, 
when the airport was closed for six months. And it was just after the siege of ISIS, of Daesh. There were lots of factors that were involved both in the local politics with the United States involved and other countries involved. And the students wanted to talk about it in English because sometimes they can talk about emotionally laden topics and even trauma, traumatic events more in another language. It distances, distances them from that experience and makes it more possible to speak about it. So if you're open to that, and you know how to navigate the conversations, um, that can really help them as well as them knowing that you are involved, interested, and have researched their particular history and political situation. Definitely. I highly concur with you. It also made me think of you know, the importance of being really in tune, no, no pun intended, but being in tune with the music that they are listening to, the popular music, depending on the age group of students you're teaching, but that's really relevant culturally and um, age-wise, right, to be in tune and in touch with what they're listening to music-wise, what they're watching in terms of TV and films, sitcoms, those kind of things, because you can bring a lot of those ideas into the classroom. Do you want to just add any more to that idea of? I think most people, if, if they look back on their own lives, they'll realize that some of the most uh, deep impressions have been from music with language. And it's a way to teach language. It's a way to uh, exchange language. And yes, so knowing the musical forms that are tr both traditional and popular, knowing some of the slang, and they'll often ask you, uh, what the slang is in English as well, uh, is, is, a, is a way to elevate the conversation, but it's also a way to bring in humor sometimes because many countries have very different senses of humor than the United States. And um, to foster understanding of those aspects of life, which are so important, not just the grammar, not just the academics. I totally agree. And humor, as you mentioned, is such a great way to bring in um, not only levity to the classroom, bring down your affective filter, but also to be really culturally sensitive to what is humorous in some in cultures. And then you didn't talk about what is humorous in American culture and is even different in different parts of America, right? Yes. But uh, we all have different senses of humor based on where we're raised and the context, socioeconomic background, a lot of different factors impact our sense of humor. But that could be a whole other discussion within culture and uh, teaching English. Even the way you approach students, uh, what you wear, many countries, you know, especially in higher education, uh, it's considered very disrespectful for a professor to wear jeans or to wear a short sleeve shirts, for example. Um, you need to wear something that covers your arms, especially in Sharia law uh, countries. So to be aware of that so that they feel comfortable and that at the same time, you are showing them that you're making an effort to be part of their culture. And within each country, there's there's different subgroups as well. I'm, I'm still learning. I was in remote Alaska last year with the Yupik, and it was a bilingual, bicultural district within the United States. Um, yeah. And I'm 
I learned a lot myself that I didn't even know about my own country and the different subcultures there. Definitely, definitely. And I think all of us, wherever we are teaching, there's subcultures wherever we are. So bottom line, and just kind of wrapping up your teaching tips, yes. uh, the importance of learning about your students' cultures. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Do you want to quickly summarize your points for our listeners? And then we'll talk about how they can get in touch with you if they'd like further information. Just to also keep informed as a teacher, uh, to, to keep current on what's going on where you are. And that's not only local and national, but international events. We are much more interconnected in all sorts of ways. So it's important to devote part of your time to that, to read the background history and to keep up with social media as much as you can. I don't mean you have to spend a lot of time, but that can be really indicative of this temperature in a way of what's going on by reading uh, social media or even using it in a way with your classes. Um, sometimes when they don't have to worry about grammar, that's a great way to engage writing is they make up social media posts in English. And again, going to local music events, local sports events, participating in games, all these are human ways and human interaction, which emotionally, especially after the last year of people being confined and restricted or only just communicating over screens, it's great yeah. that uh, we, we can open up now and, and participate in those events. Definitely. And something that just popped in my mind uh, also is the idea of teaching through idioms. And when you mentioned humor, like comic strips, those kinds of things. I mean, those are in different countries. People present comic <laughs> strips, I say, in America in different ways. But um, idioms are a great way to tap into cultural nuances and learn a lot more about kind of the background of what these idiomatic expressions, where they come from. And a lot of them have cultural roots to the expression and the meaning of it. So deciding, even discovering different idioms that would be relevant and different comic strips <laughs> that could teach different aspects of humor. And not to be afraid of difference of opinion, difference of understanding, because interweaving in class, the fact that you can have a different perspective on uh, one sentence from five different people is important to realize on a microcaustic level what happens on a macrocaustic level, also with uh, miscommunication sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. We really appreciate your time today. Oh, and you. if our listeners want to get a hold of you, um, can you share any social media or uh, Gmail or any other way to reach you if they want to follow up with you? And any yes. other Go ahead. Uh, if I may just mention that I, I do have my not new nonfiction book out, which is really talking about my work over decades in different countries teaching, training, um, the medical work that I did. And I have, these books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's called Traveling Off the X by Joe Patty Munisteri, myself. And I have a website, Joe Patty Munisteri. It's a long last name. It's pronounced like monastery, M-U-N-I-S-T-E-R-I.org, joepattymunisteri.org. I also write every week for Communities Digital News. And on my website are the different articles I've written on different aspects of international work. 
and neuroscience as well in terms of teaching. You can access that through my website and my email that I'm accessible to is also on that website. Social media, I'm on, uh, yes, I am on Twitter these days. It's a Joe Patti X Intrepid Explorer. Okay, and we'll put all of that information in our notes. You can see on our YouTube channel. So thank you so much again, Joanne. We really appreciate your time and thanks to all our listeners. Don't forget to follow us at ttelt.org is our website. We also have a Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter that are all on our website. So we look forward to seeing you and our upcoming, any upcoming workshops that are posted on our website under our events, as well as at our end of every month, we have TTELT talks, usually the last Saturday of every month. So great to talk to you again, Joanne, and we'll be in touch. Bye to all our listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen, for hosting me and inviting me on. And thank you all for watching. Mm-hmm.